0: Sophie, want to sing some more? <laughs> okay, tonight I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a little theology lesson, so I want you to stick with me. I'm going to give you a few quotes, and uh, I kind of want you to hang in with me, and then we're just going to get into the Bible, and we're going to hear what God has to say about seeking Him. He calls all men everywhere to seek Him. And I just felt like at the beginning of 2011, I wanted to challenge you to do that very thing this new year. So, just a little theology to begin with, and then we'll get into the Scriptures. Uh, That widely read 20th century theologian A.W. Pink says this, in the beginning... There was nothing, no one, but God, and that not for a day, a year, or an age, but from everlasting. During a past eternity, the triune God was alone, self-contained, self-sufficient, self-satisfied, and in need of nothing. King goes on to say, God didn't need to create a universe He didn't need to create angels. He didn't need to create men. It was from no sense of want or lack that God creates. As Jonathan Edwards says, it is not from lack that a fountain bursts forth. Amen? And this is a correct picture of the biblical God. If God is full in Himself, if He's infinitely happy in Himself, The question that theologians ask is why does He create? I've shared this with you many times. Can someone tell me why God creates? Amen? For His glory, right? To display His glory. This is the clear inference and message of the Bible. John Piper says it perfectly, so I'm going to share this quote with you. I've shared it with you before. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes written by a man. In creation, God went public with the glory that reverberates joyfully between the Father and the Son. There is something about the fullness of God's joy that inclines to overflow. There is an expansive quality to His joy. It wants to share itself. All His creative works are simply the overflow of His infinite exuberance for His own excellence. Wow. Chau tola. Good to see you. Greg, good to see you guys, man. Long time no see. Great to see you guys. I love that sentence. All of His creative works are simply the overflow of His infinite exuberance for His own excellence. Beloved, it's important that you see God biblically and you see God correctly. This is the true picture of God. An infinitely happy and satisfied God. He's like... He is like the imagery of Revelation 22, verse 1. An irrepressible fountain of life and love and joy and happiness and fullness and satisfaction and delight and wonder and awe. God is like an explosion of creation. So God is in the business of of creating that He might put His glory on display for every creature to behold. Not only behold, but to enjoy. God creates for His glory and for the joy of His creatures. Now, this is lofty theology. You know, it could take you years to arrive at, at this conclusion. I'm giving it to you free. It's, a beautiful, it's just a beautiful picture of what God has done in Scripture and in the cosmos. As I've told you many times before, man was preeminently designed with a God-appetite. In the fall, man lost his God appetite. We were originally created to desire and know and relate to this glorious God. It's the way He made us. It's the way He wired us. It's the way He designed us. God says in uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11, I've set eternity in the heart of man. That's why no man will ever be satisfied, can ever be happy, with simply the things of the world. It's impossible. God put eternity in your heart. And you will not be satisfied till you come to Jesus Christ. He's your Creator. I think you know that. Colossians 1.16 Jesus Christ is the Creator. We were created by Him and for Him. God wired us to hunger, thirst, thirst, Desire, And yes, I'll say it. Sometimes proper church members are a little disturbed when I say it this way. So if we have any proper church members, try to control yourself. But God made us to lust for Him. A holy lust. A sacred lust. You know, lust is a perfectly good word. It's just always used in a negative context. What does it mean to lust? To simply have this overwhelming uh, desire for. We were made to desire Christ Jesus to desire our Creator. And when we rebelled against Him, that desire was lost. It was lost. We were created to lust for God. The problem is not that men lust. The problem is what fallen men lust for. Anything but God. Amen? Amen? Anything and everything but God. Listen to the psalmist. You heard me read uh, the psalm uh, to open... The the, uh, service tonight, Psalm 63.1, they give voice to this uh, God-intended desire for the human heart. Psalm 63.1, O God, thou art my God, I I shall seek thee earnestly. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh yearns for thee. Psalm 42.1, many of you know this. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 73.25 Besides Thee, I desire nothing on earth. Is that your confession? Beloved? This is what we were designed for. This is what we were redeemed for. I love Psalm 73. How about Psalm 40, uh, forty-three, six? I stretch out my hands to Thee. My soul longs for Thee as a parched land. This is a holy lust for God. Beloved, I'm going to call you to that in 2011. I'm going to call you to seek the Lord with a holy lust. A holy lust. In 2011, C.S. Lewis is right. Men have settled for junk. Men have settled for lesser things when infinite delights reside in the God. The Godhead. Is C.S. Lewis right about you? Have you settled for lesser things? Or are you pursuing and seeking and searching and desiring and hungering and thirsting for God? Again, this is why we were made and this is why we were redeemed. Listen to C.S. Lewis. He says, Man, we're half-hearted creatures fooling around with sin when infinite joy has been offered to us. You guys know this quote. I've shared it with you many times. He says, We're like ignorant children who want to go on playing with mud pies in a slum because we don't really know what it means to have a holiday at the sea. He says we're far too easily pleased. Fallen man is far too easily pleased. Man, we're playing around with sex and ambition and career and even family becomes an idol. We play around with all these things. We idolize all these things when infinite delight awaits us in the person of God. C.S. Lewis is right. Most of mankind has settled. Most of mankind has settled for lesser things. Is Lewis right about you? That's what I want to ask you at the outset tonight. Is C.S. Lewis right about you? Have you settled for something less than an intimate, dynamic, growing relationship with the living God? Jesus Christ. Are you far too easily pleased? Are you uh, hot on the heels of Christ Jesus? And there's this breathtaking parallel truth in Scripture about seeking. There's only one thing. If If you read your Bible all the way through, you'll only find one thing in the Bible that God seeks. Who knows what it is? What does God say? Yes, he seeks, someone says, worship. Yes, he obviously seeks that. But there's one thing specifically he says. Pardon me? No. God, only three times I can find, there may be others, and you might can inform me. I find three times where the Bible speaks about God seeking anything. He seeks sinners. He seeks true worshipers. Who said worship? He seeks true worshipers, John chapter 4, who worship Him in spirit and truth. Ezekiel says, God says, I'm the great shepherd. I'll seek my sheep out. I'll find my sheep, he says. God only seeks one thing. It's us. That's why I started with the fact that God is infinitely full and infinitely satisfied and infinitely happy. He doesn't need anything. But God says, I seek out My people. I love that, beloved. I love that. What a beautiful romance, right? God says, you seek Me. And what we discover too is that God is seeking us. And we're going to talk more about that as we look at these Scriptures tonight. So throughout Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, it's a repeated, incessant, relentless call. God says, seek Me. It's a call to all men everywhere that we should seek the Lord. And as God calls men to seek Him, He is seeking men. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. So unbeliever... Those of you who are here tonight, unbeliever or unregenerate Christian, the nominal Christian, the the Christian who's Christian in name only, he has no real relationship with Christ, no real love for Christ. He's not living for the honor of Christ. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the unbeliever or the nominal Christian. I'm talking to you. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I call you to seek the Lord tonight. If you are lost, as Jesus says, Jesus says, I have come to seek and save that which is lost. If you're lost, I call you to seek the Lord. And Christian, born again Christian, those of you who know Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord, I remind you that seeking the Lord is a lifelong pursuit it's not only a lifelong pursuit, it is to be your preeminent pursuit. So I challenge you, Christian, tonight. Is seeking the Lord your preeminent, your preeminent pursuit? So I'm preaching to both the lost and the found tonight, okay? If you're lost, I'm preaching to you. If you're found, I'm preaching to you as well. Seek the Lord in 2011. Seek Him. God relentlessly calls men back to the purpose for which they were originally designed. That's to be in relationship with Him. To seek, desire, crave, pursue, yes, lust for Him. So tonight, unbeliever, on the authority of the Word of God, I exhort you to seek the Lord for the salvation of your soul. And believer tonight, on the authority of the Word of God, I exhort you to seek the Lord in 2011 and live it radically for His glory. So I'm preaching to both lost and found tonight. It's a command of God. And we don't have near enough time to look at all of the the Scriptures where God commands us to seek the Lord. But it's the command of God. It is not optional. It's not optional for the lost to seek the Lord or you shall surely perish. And it is not optional for the believer to seek the Lord. It is not optional. It is your job description. Pretty much. some in substance. Job description. Seek the Lord. We'll talk more about that as we continue. So tonight, I call you to seek the Lord. Now some of you, before we get into the verses, some of you will say, well Jim, now wait a minute. Romans 3.11 says that there are none who seek for God. Right? How many of you were thinking of that? None of you. Okay. I appreciate your honesty and transparency. Uh, Well, that's the first thing that comes to my mind when someone says, seek the Lord. The Scripture says, seek the Lord. Well, God says in Romans 3 that no man seeks God. No man seeks God. We understand that men like to talk about seeking God All throughout history, men have sought false gods, have they not? But the biblical God says, no man ever seeks Me. No man ever really seeks the true God, the Creator God, the biblical God. In fact, Romans 1 tells us that natural man is a God-hater. Did you know that about yourself? Before you came to Christ, before you were born again, God says that all natural men, all fallen natural men are God-haters. You know, no one will own that. or Maybe some would. Maybe some of the radical atheists would own that. But most people would never own that. They would say, I don't hate God. But God says you do. If you're not in Christ Jesus, God says you do. God says you hate Him. So how, how do we understand this? How do we reconcile the tension between these two biblical truths? God says man does not seek Him. Then God says... God commands man to seek Him. We'll uh, we'll come back to that in a minute. So just very quickly, I'm going to go through some Scriptures here. I just want you to feel the weight and the, the sweep and the scope. Again, we can't look at all the Scripture. But God is incessant. He says, seek Me. And I want to ask you again, is that what you're doing on a daily basis? Is that what you're doing with your life? Is that what you're giving your life to? Are you giving your life to this? This is our job description. As you seek the Lord, everything else in your Christian life flows out. You know, everything, that, in, everything in your Christian life is an overflow of the fact that you are seeking God. It's just the overflow of the fact that you are doing what God has told you and that is to lust for Him to seek Him. Yeah, in Deuteronomy 4.29, the Pentateuch. We'll just start there. Deuteronomy 4.29. God says you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you search for Him with all your heart and all your soul. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Isn't that a beautiful promise? You search for Him. How many times have we said it in here? You get as much of God as you want. How much do you want, Beloved? how much of God do you want? Oh, it must be a grievous thing for so many people to call themselves Christians and not be white in white-hot pursuit of God. This is what God's called us to. This is what He's redeemed us for about in the Old Testament books? 1 Chronicles 16, uh, 10 and 11. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face. What does he say? Seek His face when you get a chance. When it's convenient. After the television show's over. He says continually seek God. Beloved, it's not only our great I guess we could say command, but it's our great privilege to seek and know this awesome God. He says, seek me continually and you shall be glad. I love, always love what David said to Solomon. I've said these words to all my sons uh, as they came of age. Uh, listen to this. First Chronicles 28.9 Many of you familiar with it. David said to Solomon, if you seek God, He will let you find Him. But if you forsake God, He will reject you forever. This is the the message that I found over and over and over and over again in preparing this message. If you seek Me, you'll find Me. If you reject Me, you'll be forsaken. If you forsake Me, you'll be rejected. Either way works. This is the message of God in the Bible. But I've always loved David's words to Solomon. Some of you will be familiar with 2 Chronicles 7.14. An obvious call of God to His people. God says, My people who are called by My name humble themselves and pray and seek My face and turn uh, from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. I know many of you have heard that text preached. It's a beautiful text. 2 Chronicles 12.14 tells us that King Rehoboam of Judah... Listen to this. I want you to hear this. King Rehoboam of Judah did evil. Why did he do evil? Because he did not seek the Lord. Beloved, you can't be neutral in this. This is no neutral call. The Scripture says, if we don't seek Him, we're in fact doing evil by default. If you're passive with God, by default... You are pursuing evil according to the Scriptures. God, God's never called us to passivity, has He? He doesn't call us to be lukewarm, does He? I say this to you all the time. What does Jesus say about lukewarmness? What does He say about that? He doesn't really like it, does He? He doesn't like it at all how about second chronicles 15 2 through 15 I'm just going to summarize those verses Azariah the prophet speaks to king Asa and he says this if you seek the Lord he will let you find him but if you forsake him he will forsake you and in their distress they turned to the Lord and they sought him and he let them find him so the Lord gave them rest on every side isn't that beautiful Unbeliever, are you in distress? Well, of course you're in distress. You're cut off from your Creator and from your Redeemer. And you're on your way to hell. How could you not be in distress? If you're not in distress, you do not understand what God has said to you. Clearly, what God has said to you. But for the one who seeks the Lord, God will relieve your distress. Isn't it beautiful? Believer, are you in distress about some temporal circumstance? Give it to God. You know, fall on God. Uh, Karen and I we, we like to say this to each other uh, all the time. It, we're just yeah, we're we're quoting Piper. Michelle you know, Piper says, God will let you totter. Why does God let his people totter? To see if they'll fall on him. Will you fall on God in your distress? Christian, will you fall on God in your distress? Will you honor God by falling on Him? In your distress, it honors God. And He delights in the fact that His people fall on Him in their distress. And He's a faithful God. So the Lord gave them rest on every. Side, you remember 2 Chronicles? I just got to throw this one in there. 2 Chronicles 16.9 Just as a reminder for you believers out there, for the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose heart is completely His. How can you not love that? Oh, I love that's one of my favorite verses. I mean, we can easily say from 2 Chronicles 16.9 to all those whose hearts are genuinely seeking the Lord, God is on the lookout for you. God is on the lookout for you. He's on his way to you. You know what? I don't understand. You know, one of my old friends used to say, I can remember when I first became a Christian, he'd he say, Man, if we really understood everything God was saying to us, he said we'd all die shouting. And I believe that. If we really understood the full scope um, and vastness of all that God is saying to us and all of our inheritance in Christ Jesus, we would simply all die shouting. We would not be able to stop. These promises are so glorious. They're so awesome. They're so unspeakable. Listen to Ezra 8:22, "The hand of the Lord is favorably disposed to all who seek Him. Listen, but His power and His anger are against all those who forsake Him. And just very quickly in the poetic and wisdom books, I'm just going to, boom, man, I'm just going to fly through psalms. So, so just listen, just listen to these. Psalm 9, for uh, for thou, O Lord, hast not forgotten those who seek thee. He never forgets those who seek Him. Psalm 24, those who seek God's face shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Psalm 34, those who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Amen? Psalm 40, let all who seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Psalm 69, you who seek God, let your heart revive. Psalm 105, seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face continually. There it is. Seek His face continually. There it is again. Psalm 119, how blessed are those who seek Him with all their hearts. Now, many of you know in the Proverbs, wisdom is personified, right? You understand that wisdom is personified as God. I trust that many of you, are, hopefully most of you realize that. Wisdom is personified as God. And, and so we see this warning in Proverbs chapter 1, this, this warning to unbelievers who reject, uh, who reject God, who reject the fear of the Lord, who reject the wisdom of God. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22. God says, Wisdom says, How long, O naive ones, will you love stupid stuff? <laughs> this is what God says. How long will you love it? How long will you love stupid things? Here I am. Here I am. I love that. How long will you love stupid things? God says. He says, uh, uh, simplicity. How long will you love simplicity? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge. How long will you reject me? He says. How long will you reject the truth? How long will you reject true wisdom? Verse 23, Listen. God says, turn to My reproof. Behold, I will pour out My Spirit on you and I will make My words known to you. This awesome promise. God says, I'll have mercy on you. Turn to Me. Come to Me. Verse 24, Because I called and you refused, I stretched out My hand and no one paid attention and you neglected all My counsel and did not want My reproof. God says, because I called you and you refused to seek Me. Verse 26, I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when, you, when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes on like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come on you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me because they have hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept My counsel. They spurned all My reproof. God says calamity will come on you if you reject Me, if you continue to reject Me, if you do not seek Me. Calamity will come on you, He says. You have spurned My warnings. Verse 31, Proverbs chapter 1. So they, they shall eat of the fruit of their way and be Satiated with their own devices, for the waywardness of the naive shall kill them, and the complacency of fools shall destroy them. Look at verse 33. But he who listens to me shall live securely and shall be at ease from the dread of evil. I mean, there's the whole sermon right there. Proverbs chapter 1. As I read those words, it made me think of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this is what he will reap. So beloved, I'll just stop and ask you, what what are you sowing in your life? What are you sowing in your life? God says, whatever you sow, you shall reap. Unbeliever, unbeliever, this is the unvarnished, pervasive message of the Bible. If you seek God, you will find Him. But if you do not seek God, His judgment will fall on you. you know, I was listening to my preacher back in Little Rock. I got to sit under him one Sunday while we were home. Actually, he inspired this message. He talked a lot about this. and It made me start thinking about these things and what I wanted to share with you You know, sometimes unbelievers or nominal Christians, they think, well, my life's not so bad. He says, hey, maybe your life's not so bad today. Maybe you're pretty comfortable. Maybe you've got money in the bank. Maybe things are looking up. But it will be bad for you. I was really struck by the power of his words. It will be bad for you if you do not seek the Lord. Unbelievers nominal Christian. Hell is coming for you. You say, well Jim, I don't like it when you preach like that. Mm -hmm. I know. I don't necessarily like to preach like that. But you know, we decided a long time in this church, a long time ago, we weren't going to edit God. So we don't edit God. This is what God says. It's not what Jim says. This is what God says God says if you are not seeking me you are sowing seeds of evil and evil will come to you This is the word of the Lord listen to Isaiah 31:1 God says woe to those who trust in their own strength and in the ways of the world and do not look to me woe to you God says Woe to you! If you're trusting in your own strength and in the ways of the world, God says if you're building your life on any foundation other than me, God says woe to you. Woe to you. You shall reap the painful consequences of multiplied sin. Final judgment is coming to you. Eternal death is coming to you. Everlasting hell is coming to you. My preacher at home, he goes, my home pastor, he said, but blessed are you. Those who are within my hearing tonight, you have not died. You're not too ill to come to church. You're able to come to church. You can hear the Word of God. God has been gracious to you. If you're an unbeliever, come to Christ. If you're a nominal Christian, come to Christ. If you're a true believer, and yeah, you've been sitting down spiritually, come and seek the Lord in 2011. Maybe like you've never sought Him before. Seek Him. Seek Him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. you guys remember... Jeremiah 29, I read it uh, earlier in the the message. God says, man, when you seek Me with all your heart, I will be found by you. Have have more beautiful words ever fallen upon the ears of men? I want to know. Have you ever heard anything more beautiful than that? God says, when you seek Me with all your heart, I will be found. He's not playing a cosmic game of hide-and-seek. Actually, Romans chapter 1 says He's conspicuous both in the created order and in our own conscience. You cannot not find God if you're looking at all. You have to to, uh, seek to avoid Him. God says you cannot not find Me for anyone who looks. This is the awesome testimony of of Scripture. God's not playing hide and seek. You remember what Paul told, uh, what he said in Acts 17, 27? He said, God's not far from any one of us. And I want to say this to you, beloved, because it's, it's rampant in the modern church. I'm not saying it's rampant here. I think I preach too hard sometimes for it to be very rampant here. But it's a sobering... There's a sobering truth and we, 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 we get this warning from, from, from Hosea about those who try to manipulate God religiously. You know, well, I show up, I go to church, I tip my hat to God, I, I do a couple of things, he says. You know, I throw in five dollars in the offering plate. You know, I do these, these nominal things and I, I know that God must be pleased. Right? So, and people, you know, people who call themselves Christians, they just go out into the world and they sin with impunity. And they think they can just manipulate God. This, 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 this thing about grace. Well, I can just have grace. I'll just have grace. I'll sin with impunity. And God's obligated to give me grace. Wrong! God is not obligated to give you grace if you do not seek the Lord. If you're playing religion with God, you know. if, if you're trying to play Him for a chump, I don't know if that translates, if you're trying to play God for a fool, as many do... You're going to lose that bet, friend. You can't play God like that. God means what He says. God means exactly what He says. Hosea 5, 6. God says, uh, You will seek Me, but not find Me, for I have withdrawn from you. What does the psalmist saying? What does it say three times in Hebrews? Today, What? If you hear My voice, do not harden your heart. Isn't this what God says? God says, I will not always strive with man. Beloved, you, you don't know if you're going to have tomorrow to come to Christ. You don't know if you're going to have tomorrow to get serious with Christ, Christian friend. You don't know. I remember my pastor back home in Little Rock says, who told you you had many days left? Who gave you tomorrow? Who promised you tomorrow? Who? You may not be here tomorrow. I may not be here tomorrow. Beloved, if you don't know Christ, I'm telling you, (laughs) I'm I'm challenging you, you you need to come to Christ tonight, man. And if you've just been playing religion with God, I'm challenging you too. If you've just been a nominal Christian, I'm saying to you, come, really come. And believer, born again believer, give yourself away in 2011. Give yourself away to Jesus like you never have before. This is what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Of course, here's the whole sermon. Amos 5.4 Seek me that you may live. Seek me that you may live. That's my message to the lost and that's my message to the found. To the lost you will find life in Christ. To the found you will find, you will find bigger life in Christ. As you continue to seek Him, and as you continue to give yourself away to Him. So let's flesh this out for the last few minutes that we have. Jim, how do we do this? In a practical, everyday way. You already know the answer. I don't have to tell you these things, but you know I get paid the big money, so I say these things to you, right? I'm going to remind you how to seek the Lord. You already know this stuff. But I'll, I'll go down a few, a few items. You will seek God and find Him when you when you are in His Word. Amen? You will seek God and find Him when you are in His Word. As you read it, study it, meditate upon it, talk about it, pray it, and live it. I was sharing with someone this last week. I said you got to put yourself in God's way. Put yourself in God's way. One way to do that is to be in the Word. To be in the Word. You will seek God and find Him as you prayer and fast. As you spend time alone with the Lord, as you speak intimately to God, and as you listen to God, you will seek God and find Him. As you worship with God's people in church, God commands it. Hebrew ten twenty-five. You know, many people seem to think that church attendance is—it's what's the word I'm looking for—that it's optional. It's not optional for the real believer. I'm not saying it,, you know, we have to be here, or we lose our salvation, that's not what I'm saying, but God commands us to be together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, Hebrews, chapter something, verse something. Uh, Hebrews 10:25. God, God inhabits the preaching of, of His word. God inhabits the praises of His people. You'll seek God and find him in loving in, when you love and serve the the brothers and sisters in this body or in the next body that you belong to. You find, you'll seek and find God as you roll up your sleeves and go to work in the body and use your gifts in the body. Jesus says every he says the world will know your mind by the way you love one another. You will seek God and find him in your generous giving to the church and to those outside the church. God says, "Test me in this and see if I will not Pour out my blessing upon you until it cannot be contained. God says, You will encounter me in your generosity. As you honor me in your finances, you will seek God and find Him as you share the gospel with the lost. You ever notice that great promise that, you know, I think some of us don't don't think about it too much. We think about the Great Commission, you know, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. But Jesus has this great promise. He says, man, when you're out there doing evangelism, I will be with you, right? Until the end of the age, I'll be with you, He says. I'll always be with you when you're sharing the Gospel. Man, you know, seek the Lord as you share the Gospel. Seek the Lord as you uh, evangelize those around you. Really, we could simply say it this way, couldn't we? You You will always encounter God in obedience. <laughs> it, doesn't how, it doesn't matter how small the obedience is. We've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. When you obey God, and the bigger you obey God, the more radically you obey God, it's a God encounter, right? We say this all the time, but it's true. It's true. It's a God encounter. You guys know what what John, what Jesus says in John 14, 21. It's one of my favorite verses. got me fired one time. I've told you the story. Don't have time to tell you tonight. This verse got me fired. But it was great. Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will what? Withdraw from him, Jesus says. What does Jesus say in that great text? Anyone remember? I will give myself to you all the more. He says, I'll disclose myself to you. When you really obey me, you know, particularly in the hard spot, I'm going to give myself to you in a brand new way. You, you get me more than you've ever had me before. Beloved, this is an addicting thing. If you ever start down this path with God, if you ever start down this path with God, and, and yeah, you know, sometimes you're just trembling a little bit because he's asking you to do these things and they're hard and they're outside your comfort zone and you don't understand how it can work and it looks too big and yeah, 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 right? But if you'll obey in faith, you get God. He's going he's to show himself to you. Jesus is good for his word. He says, I will disclose myself to you. It's a God encounter. I've got one loose end here. I told you that I would talk about um, this, this uh, tension between natural man does not seek God, but God commands man to seek Him. How do we reconcile this tension? You know, there's tension all the way through the Bible. If you've got a problem with tension, you're really going to have a problem with the Bible. If you think you can reconcile it all, if you think you can apprehend fully the infinite mind of God, I've got to tell you, you're overmatched. You're overmatched. There's, going to, there's, always, there's always tension in the Bible, but how, how do we understand this? How do we reconcile this? That's a whole nother sermon. It's a whole nother sermon series, probably. But I want to say this to you, and I want you to hear me. This is what the believer discovers as he studies God's Word. We discover that while we are doing what God called us to do, Which is to seek him, we find out that in fact he has has first sought us. Amen? He has been drawing us to himself. John chapter 6. Amen? This is what we find. We thought we were finding him. Guess what? He found us. This is the clear teaching of, of the New Testament. It's the clear teaching of the New Testament. It's really a breathtaking truth. The self-sufficient, infinitely satisfied, eternal, happy God uh, in need of nothing. He, he seeks one thing. He seeks sinners. And He comes. You thought you were found? You thought you found Him? He has come and found you. So let me ask in closing, does C.S. Lewis write about you? Have you settled for lesser things? Are you still playing with mud pies? When a holiday at the beach awaits you, when intimacy with God awaits, unbeliever, you must seek the Lord for the salvation of your soul. Nominal Christian, you must quit playing religion and you must seek the Lord for the salvation of your soul. Born again Christian, you must seek the Lord and go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with God for your own joy. Seek the Lord. I'm preaching to the lost, and I'm preaching to the found. Seek the Lord in 2011. The seeking God commands His people to seek Him. Amen. And when His seeking people seek Him, they discover that He was seeking them all along. And the seeking God seeks His seeking people to give them what He originally designed them to seek—that's Himself. I love this stuff, man. I, I just—I can't get enough of this stuff. Man, <laughs> it makes me—it makes my heart explode. It's so beautiful. So I hope that you're, you will confess with the psalmist. I hope that will be your confession in 2011. As the psalmist says, O God, Thou art my God, I shall seek Thee earnestly. My soul thirsts for Thee. My flesh yearns for Thee as the deer pants for the water brook. So my soul pants for Thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, besides Thee, I desire nothing on earth. I stretch out my hands to Thee. My soul longs for Thee as a parched land. That is my call to you as your pastor in 2011. Seek the Lord. Lost man, lost woman. Seek the Lord for the salvation of your soul. Born again believer. Seek the Lord. Honor Him in your life like you never have before. Grow in the Lord. Glorify Jesus in your life, in your orbit in 2011 like you never have before. Let's pray together. We thank You for these great promises, Lord. We thank You for these, these warnings that You're so faithful to give us. And we thank You for this exhortation. The Bible tells us there's only one thing that you seek. And that's sinners who through Christ Jesus would become true worshipers. In all the cosmos, in all the infinite, endless, limitless, boundless cosmos, this is all you seek. Thank You, Father, that You have called us to Yourself. Thank You, Father, that we discover as we are born again and we, we, we begin to look into Your Word, we discover that it was You seeking us all the time. Thank You for this awesome love. Thank You for this beautiful romance. Thank You, Father, that you come for us. So Lord, I pray for all the believers in this room tonight, that each one of us will seek You in 2011 afresh and anew that we will give ourselves away to You again, afresh and anew. That we will go to the new place with Christ. The place we've never been before with Christ. That really hard place. That really scary place. That place of sold-out discipleship. So Lord, we, we thank You for the exhortation. Give us the faith to walk with with our awesome God, our awesome Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.